Hello and welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Mark and Tinkser. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders and entrepreneurs in the hospitality industry to create hearts and profitable businesses from the inside out. The kind that builds employees and customers love and support. In today's podcast, we're joined by Patrick Smith, the CEO of Advice, a London-based social media and influencer marketing agency that assists clients with content creation, social media management and influencer marketing. Advice is currently working with a number of well-known hospitality operators, including Slock and Litters, Walkabout and All Bar One. We had a great time having Patrick on our podcast and we enjoyed discussing the power of social media when it comes to connecting with the consumer as well as talent, the learnings of scaling a business rapidly, as well also some nuggets on how to boost your strategy on social. So tune in and enjoy this great podcast with Patrick. Hello and welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast, Patrick. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We are today here in the offices near Oxford Circus. We can look down at Regent Street, where happy retailers are shopping, hopefully. We're here today to hear a bit more about you and your background, but also a bit about what advice is and what kind of challenges you are solving for restaurant or hospitality businesses yes we are and and it's a sunny day so it's, it's good to have you here uh sadly we can't be outside because it's pretty cold as it is in the nordics as well now i heard it's almost minus degrees but it's a uh, it's a good day in london but it's not as cold in scandinavian it's quite funny it's the first time i'm, I'm doing a norwegian danish podcast so this is the first so uh, really looking forward to that as well because the norwegian and danes have a couple of battles to to get Get yeah, across. The, the the Norwegian is taking over the world, so it's uh, it needs to start at some point to have a conversation with them. <laughs> so let's, let's kick up with an easy one. Tell me a bit about you, Patrick. Patrick Smith, not a traditional Norwegian name. How do you end up in London and working with uh, marketing and social media? Yeah, I always say that I have a very, very typical Norwegian name. The most common name, I think, in, in, in the UK is, is Smith, so, so that's a funny story. My background, I'm, I'm from Oslo, Norway. Came to London three years ago. I have a background in sales and marketing, building brands for businesses, and has always been interested in technology and also photography, so building content for myself or for, for others. Had an interest from, from an age of maybe 10, 12 where I, where I started to build the web pages and, and learning uh, about Photoshop and the tools you can use to edit photos. And then it's good to mention that I started my first business when I was 10 years old in Oslo. And I started as a, as a DJ playing around at, at school parties and ended up doing weddings at age 14. So I've been to 200 weddings in my life. I never played it at a funeral. <laughs> That's going to come one day, hopefully not. But joke aside, I, I moved to London three years ago, saw in the, in the space in London that it was very disruptive in, in the social media angle where you had brands and influencers. They wanted to connect, but there was no easy way to do it. And there was a lot of people starting social media platforms where you connect and filter. We saw a big opportunity and a gap in the market, more or less, where you needed someone with a heart that could actually meet the clients and also meet the influencers and be a connector between them. We saw two years ago exactly on this day, we saw an opportunity where influencers wanted to learn more about the industry. So I thought, what's the best way to do this is to, to, to create an, a, a space, uh, an arena where they can share their, their tips and tricks, but also meet the people behind the accounts. So we created an event called Soul Meetup that was hosted in, at Kensington Close Hotel on the 12th of October. The whole objective was to, to invite maybe 50 people down. 
I didn't know if there was even 50 influencers in London at that time. Uh, long story short is that we managed to get 165 people paying for tickets. Uber Eats came flying in from, from Atlanta with a keynote speaker. We had amazing speakers like Bianca Bridges from Breakfast London, Michael C. from Symmetry Breakfast, and the whole event was hosted by Time Out magazine. So we saw there was an, a big interest, and amongst the audience there was brands, PR agencies, influencers, big and small. And a lot of these brands came to us after the events and said, like, can you host this, but in a much smaller scale where you invite five people down and I thought this is a is a great opportunity where I can build content for my own Instagram account which I had then created at that point maybe I had four or five thousand followers the the good thing I saw is that I can build content I could eat for free they they, they serve complimentary food and drink I could get paid for them uh, from them and then also I could have company by by friends so I started hosting events on a regular basis, a couple of events per week, helping out restaurants like D&D's uh, restaurant called Raditi. We did Astra at Victoria. That is the head chef is Helena from, from Finland. And a lot of like Swedish and Danish chefs ha- has been visiting that place recently. We built more and more content and the, the brands came back again and said, can you also build us on content? And then we saw this is a business opportunity. So we can actually start a business by helping others. So on the 1st of April, we moved in here at, at Regent Street. I asked a Norwegian friend, can I rent one, one desk? He said, of course. I said to him, I'm not sure I can pay from the business because we don't have any steady income, but I would cover it privately if I can't cover it from the business. 24 days later, we hired the first employee. We had 10 retained clients at that point after 24 days, and we started to build a business. Now... Two years down the line, one and a half, two years, we we have 23 employees. We're moving into a new office next year with 60 desks. So there is a very, very exciting time for us. And we have been lucky enough to focus only on food and bev since the beginning. And we have managed to get some stellar startups, but also some well-established brands. So that's quite a journey. Fast, fast journey as well. So what kind of services is that you are providing to these food and drinks businesses? We have, we have three main services that we, we deliver. We produce creatives, we produce content. So we take the photos, we produce the video, and we can also do other things that are creative, like today on social we talk about boomerangs, cinemagraphs, things that you need to be present. And then we do uh, social media management, which is the management on a day-to-day basis. We post, we create a captions. So we have a big team of copywriters. And then we monitor and then engage on the account. So we do a lot of... Uh, 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 customer service in that aspect and then we have the influencer marketing so at this point we have 4,000 influencers that we are directly connected with across the UK mainly two and a half three thousand of them are in London any category food lifestyle fitness fashion you name it and they can be from 5,000 followers up to to a couple of million in 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 following uh, but we look more into engagement rate which I know I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about later but we look more at influencers that has a high engagement rate that can actually drive footfall to restaurants pubs and bars yeah we, we're going to talk about driving footfall because that's probably one of the big challenges out there right now did you have a, a block yourself or a, a platform where you were communicating about food since you ended up in food we all love food but, but how was it that it was primarily food you focus on suddenly my entire life I had I had two passions that's food and drink and it's it's photography and being able to create a, a, an Instagram account take photos with not the purpose of of building a big following but just sharing my, my, my food journey 
throughout London. So when I came to London three years ago, I, I were able to try some of the best burgers and people talked about this, this and this. And I looked at Instagram as a shop window for myself. Where can I go and try food? And I created an account called London Food Boy that today have 70,000 plus followers, have a very high engagement rate. And uh, I'm ranked as number six in London when it comes to food and, uh, and Bev and uh, won uh, the Mayor of London Award for My London Dish last year. So I've been always interested in the photography part, but then to being able to then have the nice food shots, have the drink shots, has just then become a, like a, a really big, big passion to, create, to grow this account, have fun with it. Uh, and it's becoming a, a, a hobby, but it's also a full-time job to run a, an account at, at that size. Rapidly growing the business, getting a lot of new clients on. Can you can you tell? You said there were some startup clients and some more established brand. Can you can you name drop any of your your clients? It's good to mention my my first client, and uh, my first client is still with us, which we are really proud about. They have also been growing. They're opening the fir- a fourth restaurant early next year, which we also then got to do social for. So we we manage all their accounts, and that's that's the bank in North London. It's a steak and burger place. So it's very Instagram friendly where you have the cheese pulling shots. You have the, the double patty thick burgers with shitloads of cheese on top of them. Uh, so it was very easy to start with a client like that because it was super Instagrammable. People that, that follow that account, they they weren't focused on the actual captioning. So for me, coming from Norway, not being the best in writing, I could easily just write, look at this insane bur- uh, burger or happy hump day. And I, the other day, went back and looked at the account when, when we actually started on the account. The, the captions was shorter and shorter and shorter. And I think the longest one was six words. So for us then, was all about the, the content and sharing that and engaging. We took on a few uh, smaller vendors and we have today a lot of the small food vendors which has just a food stall in Old Street or, or are part of Curb or Camden Market. And then we took on bigger and bigger clients. So we had interest. They wanted to learn about how we help the small vendors. So we signed in November 2017, we signed uh, All Bar One, which is a part of Mitchell's and Butler. They have 2,000 pubs and bars across the UK. And we signed All Bar One on a local level. And then we moved over to the brand level. Since then, things have moved in the right direction. So we also have four other brands for Mitchell's and Butler. We run the accounts for a group called O'Neill's. We do Nicholson pubs and all of these across the UK. Uh, we do Son of Steak in Nottingham and we do Chicken Society in, in Finchley Central. And then we help out with Stonegate and build their, their content. Uh, Stonegate are the brand owners of Slug and Lettuce, Felsons, Walkabout and Yates. Uh, they have 900 pubs across the UK and we, we service them on different levels. So when I say Stonegate, we produce content for that. When it comes to All Bar One, Nicholson's and O'Neill's, we, we are a 360 agency. We support them with content, influencer marketing, social media management, and, and run the account on a day-to-day basis. The last couple of months, we started now moving to more fine dining. And, and that was the hardest part since we started the business, to move into a, another, should I say, another vertical, because you have different levels. When you have started with pubs, it's very difficult to move into fine dining. But we were lucky enough to... to being able, after an event we did for William Grant and Sons and promoting Lymphitic during Burns Night, where we met Adam Handling. Adam Handling is one of the most up-and-coming chefs in London. Insane guy, but he's amazing in the kitchen, and he believed in us. And when he gave us the opportunity to take over two of his eight accounts, since then we have taken over his whole collection 
Uh, we also recently signed uh, Chef Richard Corrigan, uh, which is a, a, a well-known TV chef with uh, Corrigan's Mayfair. He has Bentley's, Dickie's, and, and a lot of other amazing uh, restaurants and, and bars. We have today 23 employees, 150 clients. Not all of them are retained because that would be a lot of accounts across uh, the small team. But as I mentioned earlier, we, we are growing. We are looking to hire a lot more people. But we are using, as I know we're going to talk about, because that's very interesting, to use uh, social media as a way to recruit new and, and good people. Yeah, let's go into the, the social media thing, because I think I think in the industry we passed that social media is not important for you to grow your business. But it has been for years, may, maybe quite focusing on what you call street marketing or marketing inside your restaurant, leaflets, you know, sampling and all the traditional ways, which is probably never going to go away, but probably not is the majority. How, how do you see that the shift? Has there been a shift in the focus in the industry in the last couple of years? Yes, of course. And, and, and the, the way we know Instagram, Facebook, remember this has been here for, for maybe 10 years and you saw a big shift in 2011, 2012. And, and I based this on, on research we have done over the last few months where we saw a big shift and it's been growing. And especially the millennials has been the, the big focus point for, for any brand on social. But now the millennials becoming families with kids and, and we need to look then at generation set. So we, we, we focus in our business now more and more on, on generation set, which are a younger audience. But they have a lot of buying power. So we, we started to look recently more and more into generation set and focusing on that. There's also the shift in the market. And I, I hope leaflets, uh, flyering, sampling will still be there. But it's the way you amplify it. And it's the way you tell the, the, the message. One thing is to meet the person face to face. Another thing is to meet them through social. It's many ways to do this. But you can share a lot of stories on social, which will then almost uh, enable you to meet the person face to face and show them behind the scenes. You need to make sure that you, you, you tell the true story. There are a lot of false facades on social. We try to build an authentic story. We don't paint uh, our plates with, with more oil to, to look more, more flashy. We tell the true story. But by the end of the day, it's, it's about being an amazing shop window. And that's what we're trying to create for our, our clients and the brands that we work with. To first understand that social is here. It is important. Secondly, it's important to, to look at how can I approach that? Because there's so many people that want into this space now. And we're seeing a big shift in the market with, with all the, uh, the former offline PR agencies and that kind of, uh, that, that in the traditional PR, they're moving now into social as well, uh, with positive and negative outcome from that. But we are lucky enough to, to support, I think, roughly around 30 different PR agencies on doing social media management. We also do influencer outreach for them. And they can also then support their, their clients up to the standard. We don't touch uh, traditional PR at all. We only focus on social. And I think that's been the smarter decision we have done since day one. We had a lot of interest from clients to take over more the digital PR side. But we have, have luckily enough, been able to, to turn them down. And that has just enabled us now to, to grow the business and be best at what we do. Because we want to educate people about social, how important it is, and, and how to grow, not just a following, but how to grow an engaged following. So when you talk about social media and you put that in front of a, an operator, are they scared, a bit scared of it, or are they a bit confused? And Because you just said, there's so much out there, what should I do? And you have all these people doing social media. So I sit in a, an office down in Brighton where we have our business, and uh, 
I can probably count the first 10 social media businesses or freelancers. And I wouldn't know where to go in principle when I thought about that. So how do you actually find out where to go and actually pick the right one for you? I think I think the, the most important thing is that you should really check around, but it's very difficult if you don't understand the space, as you as you are mentioning. We we build our clients of referrals, and people have seen us in action. The proof is in the pudding, as I always say. We tend to build relationship. We are not here for any quick wins, and I think when people understand that, that we are more here for a long-term commitment. We want to grow with the business, and because we've taken on a lot of smaller clients that has been growing to become a brick-and-mortar place and then turning into to a bigger and bigger restaurant and then suddenly a group. And we've been there since the beginning and we've been growing with them as well and always been able to deliver. And the biggest compliment I got from a, from a client, negative towards me, but it's positive for the business as a whole, is that he said... I was scared when you were growing the company and got more and more clients because we thought as a standalone restaurant, we will be forgotten. But he said, I have better service now than I did when you were there alone, which is a big compliment for the whole team. And they have done amazingly in in their work of, of supporting the clients. But of course, we have been going so far, so we had a lot of issues, a part of that. But we have taken a breather during the way which is important when you run a social media agency uh, or, or any business that you, you stop and reflect on what you're doing. We haven't been good on celebrating during the, uh, the way. We have a work hard, play hard mentality or a culture in the business. So, that, so that's one thing, but we haven't stopped out and reflect on, on how fast we have grown and how many team members we are. We're just moving forward and forward and forward. We will be better next year to celebrate the small things and, and also the big things as well. But to answer your question, how can you find out? I, I think to, to look into to the account that, that, that the, the person or the agency you are meeting, which account are they running, trying to do as much research as possible. Spend an hour on two, understanding social. You need to understand how can I look at engagement rate? How can I look at follower? And don't go blind because followers you can buy, likes you can buy. Uh, you can also buy stock photos today. So you need to make sure that they, they can show you uh, what they are able to do and then they are good on the strategy side and, and understand the business that they are helping. So when we start with any kind of clients, we, we create content pillars, we create a strategy, we create a tone of voice that reflects what they want to share on social. And we also try to, to, to communicate with captioning. The engagement has to be in their tone of voice. So you need to have a clear strategy on how how that will reflect on the accounts. So many, many uh, operators I've heard to say, we need to be on Instagram. That's the uh, right place to be. Is that that's a true story when you're a restaurant or food business? There's only Instagram is the place? I think the right place is to be at home, uh, uh, sharing your time with your, with your family uh, now and then. I think Instagram is the place at the moment. We can see the most people are engaging with content. We can see the highest conversion rates. We can see return of investment are best on Instagram when it comes to food and bev brands. So I would suggest them to focus on that. A lot of people are saying that Twitter is dead. It's not, it's dying, but you can still monitor it. Uh, you can sustain your following. I wouldn't spend any money on it, but Instagram enables you to to share content from Instagram directly to Twitter. Uh, just make sure that you you are able to, to, to post the native photo on Twitter so you don't just share a link. The feed on, on Twitter today, it's it's saturated with so many people are commenting and, and sharing, and you need to spend so much time to get in return on investment on Twitter. When it comes to Facebook, Facebook is the biggest platform out there, uh, and it still is. 
the only difference now than five years ago is that the, the, the audience on Facebook is much older than in the past. Snapchat is very difficult to communicate. It's very difficult to track the return on investment. And it's a much younger audience. So if you want someone to, to visit your, your restaurant, bring footfall frequency and, and buying more and more products, you need to make sure that you, you find the right channel that, that is right for you. And I then uh, highly recommend Instagram as that platform. If you are in the city and you have a restaurant or a small food place, I would recommend you to also uh, amplify the content uh, uh, strategically via LinkedIn. But it's all about understanding what to share, when to share it. And you should always ask yourself, what would a follower expect from my account? And how regular should I post? There's no school of, of, of social media that says that you need to post three times a day or six times a day. Do what you want because it's your account. But also remember, if you post six times a day, you don't going to get big engagement or large engagement. It's difficult if they are able to produce six pieces of content every day. I'm, I'm pretty impressed as well. So you need to reflect and, and, and think about what you're doing on social. So what do you say? It's more quality than quantity in a way. So if I'm an operator... And many operators have uh, small margins, especially in the times we're in now, right now, and they are assessing where to spend their money. You know, should they spend it on improving quality of products? Should they spend it on marketing? And, and marketing is always a big discussion, I know, in, in managers' meeting. Did we get return of investment? What is the benefits then to, to go social and, and working with guys like you? Would you then, it is your opinion, that you actually get quicker return of investment or better engagement than you would do when you did traditional marketing and how should the budget be as well it all depends on if, it, if it's, a, it's a group or restaurant or a standalone or, or or just one bar or pub or you are a food brand the good thing about social today compared to to, to offline marketing or pr or traditional is that you are able to track the return of investment to a certain extent I know Instagram is the hardest place to do this, but still, you can do a lot of A and B testing, what we call on, on Facebook. So when you do targeted ads, so you produce content, you can you can see the potential reach and you can amplify the content, you can boost and you can promote. So for us, it's all about listening in and understand when you post, for what reason, for what purpose. And then, of course, how much money do you have? It's not just put in £10,000 or £100,000. It is... How much money do you have available to spend on, 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 on it? But don't go all in. Spend £10. See if that gives you anything in return. But you need to understand what you're spending £10 on. And that's what we're trying to educate our clients on. Because a lot of businesses come to us and say, that, no, we don't want to spend anything on paid because it doesn't work for us. And we say to them, why didn't it work? And they, they, they tell us how they spend that money. And they spend many 10 15 pounds and they just tested it out without understanding target audiences doing a and b testing and having funnels and and retargeting and pixels and all these kind of words there is a reason why the, there there exists social media agencies there's a reason why you find seo specialists because they understand that space the same way you go into your doctor for advice we're not saying we we have a doctor degree but we're saying we have the knowledge know-how and expertise to help the brands that we work with uh, we understand the the effect of a good strategy and as my father always says that that we and we use in the business is the six piece proper planning prevents piss poor performance and for us it's 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 very important to plan ahead create a strategy and execute because 
the execution is the hardest part with anything you do. So when it comes to social media, I guess like everybody can understand from a marketing point of view that you need to do that. But how much of the budget do you think, in your view, you should be spending on traditional marketing percentage? If you said 100%, what proportion should you spend on traditional marketing and what should you use on social media? I think uh, you should spend at least 65% of your budget towards social media. And the reason why I'm saying that is that the return of the, uh, the investment you will get from social is increasing. People are using it as a shop window, as earlier mentioned. That is super important to understand that, that people go into your account, not that they want to buy then and there. They want to use it as their next restaurant they want to visit. People need to, to then look at the, especially on Instagram, they need to look at their, their saved post, how many has saved the post, because that can be reflective on how many people will actually visit you. You don't know when. But that's part of marketing because it can have after effects for a long, long time when you do one post. You also talked a lot about content. You didn't say boost, promotion or two for one. Why, why are content so important for restaurants? Content uh, is everything. Content is everything in, in that regards that, that it shares and, and tells a story through an image. It's also very important it's, and it's important for me to mention straight away Remember when you have a social media accounts and you serve people food every day, you never know who is going to come in and share a post from the restaurant. So consistency is the key in the restaurant. And, and we work with more and more brands that come to us for inspiration and ideas on how to become more Instagrammable. We are not about a quick fish. We don't want to be viral. We don't want to work with, with, with restaurants that want to be trendy overnight because to, to become a viral beast, it would give you a, a certain time where you actually are, are on social and, and are interested for people. We want to build long-term uh, uh, social media presence uh, rather than, than doing things overnight. And we, we just think that, that it is important to think about the content you put out there. If you don't have an expensive camera, use your phone, think about angles, think about lights, go behind the scene, do stories on Instagram, share that with the world. Don't be too scared about sharing too much because I think that's that's a good thing as well. So when it comes to share content as well and, and doing things, you said go behind the scene and, and, and share what's happening there. Uh, that could be some quite daunting for, for many operators. Have, have you met that, that they feel that this, this is a big step for them maybe to take pictures of the kitchen, you know, use their staff and so on? Yes, of course we have. And, and we see the other side of it where more and more of our clients, they want to be in front of the camera. Uh, and we see some of the best engagement rates we get from actually sharing the story behind the, the, the restaurant. It's more authentic content and it, 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 it grows more organic. And, and the following you built up from the beginning, they will engage with that kind of content. I think that's important because on social today, the algorithm works the way where if people engage with the content, it gets, it gets shared with more people. So if you have your friends and family that actually engage with, with, with the content, it will reach more people. So if you build in good content that people engage with, you will see an effect from that. We talked about consumers a lot and building content and so on. We also have a, a challenge in the industry right now. One of the big challenges is workforce and have enough talent and retain and attract them. So how can, can social media play a role in that when you're trying to you know, build a, a strong culture and also attract 
talent for the future. It's super important. And that, that's the reason why I'm talking about sharing behind the scenes. Because you need to attract. You can't chase people working for you. You need to attract them. And today, social is the best way to do that. Where you can share the story. You can tell that we are looking for an amazing chef and this is the best place to do it. But if you don't show them it's the best place, it's very difficult for a person to take like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apply for that job. So you need to, to attract people through the smart use of, uh, of, of social media where you share behind the scenes, you show them how the guests are experiencing the place and people want to take part in the business because today I think a lot of the, the, the millennials and the generation set, uh, set they want to have a purpose rather than just want to work and, and, and get paid. Elaborate a bit like that because I've heard that a couple of times in the, yeah, the last couple of years that purpose becomes more and more important so what is purpose then in, in a restaurant where they, they come in they learn to serve food what, what is it that you have to do as a, an operator to get that purpose right i think people people are so into their food and there's so many foodies in london so to be able to to be a waiter a sommelier a chef a runner whatever it is in the restaurant or front of house just to be able to create an experience because in a restaurant today the the first thing you get met with is the front of house and if they welcome you to the restaurant and 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 create an experience from the beginning is as important as the last person is opening the door and saying uh, i hope you have a have a great evening or a great day so it's all about taking part in that journey when you when a guest arrives to the restaurant or or to the pub and to the bar and then create an atmosphere and, and an experience on the whole night and take part of a team. That I went uh, and visited a restaurant the other day in, in one of our clients and to see the chefs in the kitchen working side by side and plating the food. There were three set of hands on one plate and they all knew where to put stuff. The, the experience for me as a guest to seeing the team effort was just amazing. And I think to be to be a part of a team like that, that's also a great thing. So to be able to share those kind of stories on social is more and more important. And that gives people then purpose. So purpose doesn't have to be about saving the world or any big things. It can be the small things of just creating a very nice community for people to work in. That's what you're saying. That's correct. We we also in the in the office here we are building a culture and then we we're trying to find purpose and the way we give back of course is more charity related. But instead of giving money, we're giving our services and helping out with the knowledge we have. So there's many ways you can do this. Uh, it doesn't need necessarily to be that you go and buying stuff or, or 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 spending money on 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 giving, but it can be also just doing something for nothing. Yeah, I, I talked with a guy yesterday, Anthony down from Brighton. Man. Apparently, he's one of the best businesses to recycle across the city. And he's a food business, which is very unheard of being really good at recycling. I think it was about 80 to 90% of what they throw out could be recycled. So that's, that's amazing. And that gives the staff, he said, some kind of purpose to be part of this because we're doing something that's bigger than just selling bagels and making a profit. Having this you know, massive challenge right now in the industry with you know, costs going up, Workforce, we just talked a bit about, um, you have pressure for the economy, political uncertainty with Brexit, and then you also have technology disrupting, you know, the world and the hospitality business. So how do you see that hospitality is where we are right now and where we're going to be in a couple of years? Because we're already seeing now many, many of the big, big players are having trouble out there. And there's just been the news yesterday again, GBK had to close some stores as well. 
So, so how do you see the market and where do you think we are in three years' time? That's difficult to answer, but I, I think people need to be more disruptive and listen to the clients even more. And they can use then uh, uh, social media to do surveys and they, they can get feedback from the clients. But they need to be agile, even if you are big and small, to move things around and don't be afraid to change things up. But also the big are becoming bigger and the small are struggling. So I think that, and, and also as we know now as well, with, with a lot of the, the bigger brands are struggling as well. So I think they, they, they will continue to struggle for a time and especially now with the uh, uncertainties around Brexit and, and getting a, a workforce and, 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 and getting people actually to coming here and wants to stay here and wants to work and want to help out. So there will be many effects from this. But then, then uh, I, I think also to be innovative in... Uh, the way of communicating, building new products, not just focusing on trends. I think the people that are authentic and telling the true story is the one that's going to be or is going to survive in the long run. So it's all about being agile, adapting, reinventing yourself. You said in there as well, I think. How do they do that? Because traditionally, the industry has been quite you know, heavy not being very good at reinventing yourself. They always find a way out of trouble. That's my experience being in the industry my whole life. We always find a way out of it. We fight our way through it. But can, can you fight our way through it this time? Because you've seen the high street dying, retails are closing, and maybe people talk about the next things are restaurants on the high street dying because they took over for retail, but now the, the time of that is over. You even see Amazon starting opening restaurants now so that's, that's also an insane competitor to get on the high street. Amazon with the financial power, the infrastructure, the data, which I think is the most scary bit. They probably have more data than the average restaurant chains about their consumer. It's exciting and scary at the same time. And, and I think everyone needs to reflect about what they are sharing uh, when it comes to data on, on, on any kind of platform, uh, not just social media, uh, but, but across what I see that one thing is to fight through it, and 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 I and I know about your background. You come from someone that has the financial muscles to to stay through, but not everyone has that. And that, uh, as we see with some of the big players and some of our clients as well, they they, they are doing the, the the most to 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 stay current. But also, I think there's there's many ways to do this without investing uh, loads of money and and trying to change. There can be the smallest things they can do to being able to, to grow their business back to where they, they were. And also, as we see, I think the, one of also the reason is that there's coming more and more small players that are really, really, really good at what they do. And, and I think that steals a lot of clients. Street food today is growing massively because they listen and they meet their consumers face-to-face. So Abel, did you like that? That I, I'm gonna, can you use a, a burger as an example? Did you did you like to have pickles on the burger, or or should I take them out? And then they adapt, so they are agile. And 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 I think that the, the, it takes a year to change a menu in a in a big restaurant group, uh, more or less. And I think if they were more agile in that that aspect, they they, they would see better results quicker, hopefully. So there's exciting times ahead, and that's of course I always believe there's going to be an industry because, as my mom said, a very seasoned food entrepreneur said, there's always going to be jobs for the rest of the term because people are going to be eating, and it's going to be jobs for the undertaker because we're going to be dying. It's a very cruel way of looking at the world, but that is the truth, I think. When it comes to social media, it's like somebody needs to be responsible for this when it's so important in a restaurant. Should that be? You mentioned you told you met a couple of chefs that handed over a gig to you. 
Should it be the chef that's responsible for social media? Who should be responsible in the business? If you can't afford an agency, it needs to be the most important person in the in the business. Social media is so important that it can't be given to the most junior on the team. You need to find a person that has some know-how, understand the direction, and have all the knowledge from from the business. We are seeing more and more are doing more things in-house, which are really positive. But then you need support from someone on the outside that has the knowledge and the and the, and the, and the know-how. It doesn't have to be. You wouldn't say it has to be a senior person, but it maybe has to have a person that has a significant influence in the in the business. If you ask me, and and, and honestly, I would the most senior, the better. Or they need to have some part in it. They don't need necessarily to execute, but they need to understand the effect social media can have and also take part some way or another. The reason why we see a lot of the the restaurant we work with have success is because the owners are attending some of the meetings. They share their stories on 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 social. Some wants to be in front of the camera. Some some doesn't want to be at all. For them taking part and and sharing their true tone of voice and the style they really want to share. Because to begin with, the reason why a lot of them had success is, is because they had an idea. And that could be lost during the, the way as well. So for us to understand the idea they had, uh, I think it's, 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 it's so, so important. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you that they, they actually have to be involved because I was meeting some clients a time ago and we were going through the business performance. And uh, marketing was was uh, was done, but there was no uh, report on you know uh, social media or return of investment and stuff like that. They did social media and they did it quite well. Uh, then I said, why are we not running through that? Oh, that's that marketing just do that. And I had a conversation with MD afterwards. He said, you're absolutely right. This is as important as looking through the financial statement because that's what's great the top line. So I haven't thought about that because they were looking at traditional marketing initiatives and evaluating them. But that was more a gut feel. I said. The great thing about social media, which I've learned for you, by the way, is that you can measure everything if you understand how. The next big thing in social media, what is that coming up? What technology when it comes to hospitality do you need to look out for? Food-wise, we always say bigger avocados. That's a big joke in the industry. But when it comes to, to the technology, long term now, of course, voice is a big, big thing. Uh, you can book your restaurant. You can order your food by voice, as we know from uh, Amazon Alexa and 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 Google and, and, and Siri. But I would say that the next big thing is that is the shopball solution that Instagram have. Uh, and also, uh, all the restaurant needs to understand that you can book tables directly through the API from Instagram. So they need to use the tools that are out there. Go on Google, said, how can I link book a table to Instagram? And they find it on Google uh, or open table or the, the other third party solution you have. So I think I think people can use Google for a lot now to understand what they can do, and and technology wise, it is voice and and a shoppable solution, which are the next big things now, where you can have shorter journey from start to finish. It's also very scary. So voice, the next big thing. So you're growing a business yourself, and, and it's going fast. If you should walk away a bit from social media and stuff, what what do you say from a leadership perspective? What has been the most challenge over the last year in, in your own business to get right? I would say finding the right people uh, that have the mentality of culture we have. I early understood that I, I couldn't find employees that would work the crazy hour that I do. 
I think to scale the business, finding the right people, and and making sure that we deliver, or not just deliver, we over deliver. Because as a founder of the business, I always oversold, and then you need to over deliver. And I've been lucky enough to finding people around me that is now an important part of the team. And we hired a girl after 24 day, uh, days, as I mentioned earlier, and she's been head of execution since day one. And, and she's smashing it. And, and, and if I didn't have that to lean on, it would have been difficult. And then, of course, I have a business partner coming in. My fiance has been taking part now. She's the CFO. So you know you, ha- you need to f- take it step by step, and you can't do everything. We, we say in the Nordics that uh, a founder has to be like the potato. You can use it to everything, which is important. But you need to understand where does my expertise stop and where should I leave it to others and when should I trust others. Philip Hamilton from Akivitz says uh, you need to follow up, follow up, follow up, uh, which is very, very true. And that's what we're doing. We, we, we are really good at lists and, and not checking things off before they actually are executed and then executed properly. Well, that's not very far from the restaurant world. And I know Philip really well. And that's what I was trained in in a very early age in McDonald's world. Follow, follow, follow up on everything to make sure that it meets your standards. So in the end of the podcast, we always ask our guests to give one advice, only one advice to somebody that wants to go into the, the restaurant sector or maybe thinking about taking a career in it or maybe already in there and thinking about the future. What would your advice be to, to leaders in the hospitality industry? Something I use for myself every day, and I, I told you this many times, is, is don't chase, attract. Build yourself up an aura of positive energy. Make sure that people want to help you. But also, it's important to mention, be honest. If you are honest, people will actually respond better. We have clients that have been struggling financially, and instead of not paying the invoice and just calling us and say, like, Patrick, I need to have a break for, for five months. That's fine, because then we want to help in that period. I'm not hoping every client will call me now so we're having money issues. But still, it is don't chase, attract, and be honest uh, uh, with yourself and, and with people around you. Really good advice. Thank you very much, Patrick, for coming here on the Hospitality Maverick podcast. Probably not the last time. I think there's much more to be talked about in the coming years of uh, social media and how it impacts the hospitality industry and the the wider world we live in. Thank you so much for for having me and and looking forward to hearing the, the results. That's all we have time for today. Thank you, Patrick, for sharing your stories, knowledge and tips for businesses looking to get more out of their social media. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please give us a like, share, review, or even better, tell us what you think. Do you think social media is useful for attracting top talent to your business? Thank you, Laura Evans from Let's Talk Video Production for making these podcasts happen. We hope you enjoyed today's Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tinkser. Tune in next time for another industry interview. And in the meantime, find out more about us at hospitalitymavericks.com. Thanks for listening. And be Maverick.